more time, just lift our hands, lift our hearts. That's not a Pentecostal thing. That's a scripture thing. Lift your hands, lift your voice, turn your heart to him. What are we doing? We're trying to prepare ourselves for the word of God. The word of God does no good for you and I if our hearts are not ready to receive that word. That's why I ask you, lift your hands right now. Open your heart right now. If not, it's just another sermon and you're just pacifying your conscience today. But if you need God to move in your behalf, there takes that responsibility. I got to prepare my heart. I got to prepare my spirit. To the natural eye, it just looks like a bunch of exercises. And, and we're definitely in the South, Pentecostal. We, we've got the brand of being a little bit more exuberant and more demonstrative in our praise and in our worship see here's the difference we've done gotten a revelation and an understanding that if God is ever going to work in my life I've got to open myself to it and the scripture bears witness to you and I the way and a sign to heaven is is I open my heart I lift my hands I lift my voice but to that one that refrains and holds it the word of God is not going to be any use to you but if you're hungry today for the word of God to help you. I tell somebody here today, you can leave that back door with a miracle today. But it's not going to come because of fancy preaching. It's going to become because you at least faith and say, God, I don't care what my neighbor says. I don't care what they think about me. I'm going to lay my pride aside and say, God, I'm here for you. I'm not here to pacify my conscience. I'm not here to make myself feel good or mom and daddy happy. Miracles, signs and wonders of God. That's the majority of this crowd here today. Miracles are in this building today. Not because I say so, but because the Word of God says so. Signs follow them that believe. But to the natural eye. And this is just crazy. Why do you do all of that? That's just a bunch of emotional hype. It don't take all of that. Well... Brother Mike, I done been on the other side of that where I sat in those pews and I watched these Pentecostals and I said, it's crazy. But when I got in the water, something, when I started praising it, something changed. You can't deny it. Sister Debbie, I'm glad to see you in the house of the Lord today. Miracle of the Lord again. It's a miracle of the Lord that God's hand was, you know, you, you think of all these blessings that we partake of, even this service here today. Somebody paid a cost for us to feel what we feel here today. And I believe in perpetuation, that if one generation paid the price, it's time for the next generation to step up and say, okay, what's my responsibility? We've got to make sure we take our responsibility to heart of what God has. Because the miracles and signs, Calvary purchased it all, yes. But yet it was somebody that held on to the belief in Calvary, the stripes of Calvary, that she could be healed and others in this place could be healed. I thank God for the faithfulness of the saints of God. Say, Brother Ben, while you are just warbling and killing time, no, I'm not. I'm specifically targeting little things I feel in this congregation today. You know, we just came out of Thanksgiving. What's the purpose? Well, if there's anything I want to thank God for more than anything, it's one of mine to receive the Word of God and the people of God that we work together. That's the greatest blessing that you and I could ever have. Not the car we drive or the home we live in or the clothes that we wear. It's the fact that God found us and God helped us. That's the miracle and the blessing in it all. God bless every one of you. Sunday school, you're dismissed.
presence of the Lord was, was with you many family time and moments together I thank the Lord for family church family friends you know you just find yourself alone one time and it'll make you appreciate the things that you normally have day in and day out I don't ever want to get so busy that I don't take time to thank God for the blessing scripture bears out the thankful heart there's a great benefit to, to that and I want to make sure that heaven knows I'm so thankful for all the blessings that he has given you and I we could be in a hospital bed, bed or we could be Lord we could be dead but you know, the Lord has let us live on for a reason. And I'm thankful for that. If you got your Bibles, Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. It's my heart desire today that the Lord would speak to us so clearly. And that his word would <clears throat> penetrate the heart. Seed would be sown. And that great fruit would come from that. That's why I pushed in the beginning of service trying to prepare the heart because I really feel like the Lord wants to talk to somebody today and help them navigate some of the challenges we're facing. It's like I've said before though, the word of God depicts it in scripture falls on different types of soil. And if the word of God don't penetrate the heart, the soil of the heart, it's just going to fall by the wayside and it's not going to bear any fruit. This is why a lot of people... Uh, have a have a uh, I hate to say a hang up with the church or Christianity. Well, I haven't seen the fruit of it. I've been trying to be a believer, but I haven't seen the fruit of it. Well, we need to question what have we done to receive what the Word of God has said and put it into action. James says to uh, to to do to not do what God has called us to do. That's that's where we're lacking. And I feel here today, God's going to give somebody some insight of how to move into some of the things that he has for us. Joshua chapter 2, and start with verse 1. Joshua the son of Nun came out of Shittim and two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. They went and came into a harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. It was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in thither or hither, Tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. The king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. The woman took the two men, hid them, and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were came to pass about the time of shutting the gate when it was dark that the men went out. Whither the men went, I will not. Pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. Skip down to verse 8. She's having dialogue now with the men. And before they were laid down, she came to the roof. She said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us. And that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. Now notice how what she's saying here. She's saying because of you. You. Don't ever think that your presence doesn't make the enemy nervous. She didn't say God here. She said you. There's a terror because of the people of the name. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water. Now she connects it. She said, because you're a people of the name, the works of God follow you. She said, for the Red Sea dried up when you came out of Egypt and when you did to the two kings of the Amorites on the other side of Jordan, Sion and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. Skip down to verse 15. 
Then she let them down by a cart through the window. Her house was upon the town wall and she dwelt upon the wall. I want to preach to you today from this very simple thought. It's time to come off the wall. It's time to come off the wall. If you would, just lift your hands one more time as a sign to heaven. Not, I appreciate your following my request, but do it as a sign to heaven today. If you need God to talk to you today and help you, Jesus, I ask you right now, we surrender heart, mind, spirit. We yield ourselves to you. Let your word speak to our heart. Let it speak to our mind. God, our families are at stake today. Our kids are at stake. Our homes, our community, our state, our nation. And God, we are the people of the name. I'm asking you today in the name of Jesus, let that power of your word flow into every heart, every mind, and every spirit. I pray today in the name of Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. This story we've heard Rahab a lot through the years, if you've been around any type of church setting, Sunday school, you've, you've heard about Rahab the harlot. Rahab is a Canaanite of the city of Jericho. She's a pagan Gentile, not of the bloodline of Jewish descent. But uh, in all of her uh, things that were stacked against her, God still used this woman. Find it very, very unique in how uh, the very beginning of this chapter starts with Rahab. It's almost like all the attention in the very first verse of this chapter, you find that the attention starts with Rahab. She's a harlot in this city. You would think that God could have found somebody else that would have been of better quality than a prostitute. A harlot by the name of Rahab. You'd think surely in this city there would be some other people that would be uh, just people. Even though they may not worship the right God of the city of Jericho and they were Canaanites and worshiped false gods. Surely there would be just somebody in that city that would be maybe good. That would uh, maybe don't steal, lie, cheat, drunkard, prostitution. But just maybe just a good old Andy Griffin. I'm waiting on some of y'all to come to church today. I got to talk about TV to wake people up. Maybe just some good old fashioned, good home, wholesome person. That would just, just do what's right. Surely. There's somebody in the city that just don't smoke and chew and drink and cuss and run around on their family and run around on their wife. But you see, God didn't pick that. God allowed the pages of the Holy Writ to be written by the name with a woman by the name of Rahab. Just saying it, knowing she's a prostitute makes the... What? This is a clean book. Why would you even put? Why would you even put her in her? Her name in the book. She's a prostitute. She's dirty. She's filthy. She, she has no bearing in the kingdom of God. Surely could have found somebody that had ethics. Somebody that would have just good. See, that's why I've always said before, be careful what you call good. Because what you call good is not really good. Well, that's a good man. Because huh? according to what I just read right there, he found more value in a prostitute than what we would deem good. Because sometimes because we think we're so good, God can't get a message through to us. I got it all together. God can't get the message through somebody that's got it all together. God can't get a message through to somebody that you got every T crossed, every I dotted. And listen, I've said this before. You got scripture memorized, so does the devil. Just because I can quote scripture, Brother Joe, that don't mean that I'm. So what was it in Rahab that starts this chapter? The children of Israel backdrop, they're coming into the land. This is the day of, 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 of fruit and, and, and we're fixing to prosper and we're coming into blessing. They're coming out of the clothes of Moses in Deuteronomy and he said, I'm fixing to give you the land. Joshua was the man that's going to lead them and Jericho is the first battle. 
It's time to conquer. It's time to divide. It's time to possess. It's time to take advantage of every inheritance that God said was ours. This is the backdrop by which they come. They're coming in excited. They're coming in full of faith. They're coming in the children of Israel ready to take everything that was theirs. Oh, it's going to be a long Thanksgiving service back. They're fired up. They're fired up. It's the time of land. I'm taking it. And they send two spies to the land. God had just told Joshua such clear command. He said, wherever you walk, I'm going to give it to you. You know what the message was to Joshua? Real simple. You got to move. You don't move, you don't inherit. That's why I, I let me just kind of insert it because it just kind of fits here today. That's why I say so strongly, anything that hath breath, praise ye the Lord. Praise and movement is what shows heaven I'm moving forward. If I'm not moving, something's not happening. If you want the flow of the Spirit to move through you, you've got to become a, a venue that it can flow through. No, Joshua, you just stay right here on Mo Dodd. And you build a cemetery right here where Moses died. Find the little place where maybe it's close. They didn't know where he was, but find somewhere close, Nebo or something, and kind of just make a, 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 a beautiful uh, monument where we think this is where Mo died. He didn't do none of that. He didn't make any monument. He didn't make any landmark. He didn't do none of the sort. He said, I've got to move on from where death was and I've got to move on to where life is. You and I can stay where death is or we can choose to come off the wall and say, I'm going to move where life is. I'm not staying here where it's sickness. I'm not staying here where there's death. I'm not staying here where my marriage is falling apart. I'm going to move from where I am and claim the promises of God. But the struggle... It's comfortable on the wall. I almost want to start the message saying, people say with well, this much emotionalism and hype, I'm going to use the words of the innocence of a child when they said to a philosopher, he was trying to say there was no God. And she spoke up and she said, okay, you say there's no God because you can't feel him, smell him, taste him. Your fineful senses don't register that there is a God. Just like in here, you can't register the work of the Spirit. Right now in this service, the Spirit of God is moving. Manifesting is a better terminology over individuals. And here's what he does. He comes over here and he goes, nope, don't want to have nothing to do with me. Yep, hungry for God. Ooh, he's hungry for God. He's the headship of that home. I tell you what, I'm going to flow to her right now because I found a door that I can flow through. And now the favor of God, the healing of God, the blessing of God, the worry that's in your mind, it begins to dissipate. Why? Because God found an open door through the man of God in your home and now can flow to that. But he goes in a service and he moves. He goes, nope, she ain't working today. Well, he's a little bit more open. Okay, and the Spirit of God manifests itself. See, you can't see it. It's like the, he said, there's no God because you can't quantify him. He don't exist. And out of the mouth of that young person came back and said, then let me ask you this, do you love? Now, I know that one was the real good one because then it called him gig, like a gig frog. <laughs> He's like, what? Well, yeah, love. Well, you, you can't quantify love. You can't measure love. It's just something you know is there. It's a feeling. But now let's go to one that's even further. Can you quantify hate? You know what hate feels like. It's an emotion that's just as real. And before long, if that hate's not dealt with, it will manifest itself into. So now I'll go back to it. Is God real? He's just as real as the emotions that you're feeling that you can't quantify either. And if these elements are what we're going to ascribe to in trying to determine whether God's real or God's not, then we're going to fall very short of experiencing the blessings and the favor of God walking in covenant with Him. Joshua understood this. 
This ain't about a matter of what I see. I move because when I move, his hand follows me. And there's something that moves every time that I move. See, this is where we got, we, we, we kind of, I've been there. God, if you'll just take care of this, then God, I'll do this. God, if you'll just fix this problem, then I'll give you. I've seen people laying in a bed with, with a sickness or an infirmity about to die. And they'd say, God, if you just heal my body, then I'm going to serve you. And sad say not, Brother Will, they ended up dying and they never had the opportunity, the chance. It's not because God's not fair. It's because God gave them time after time after time to come off of the wall and realize if I just move, come on somebody, just a baby step. You ain't got to run. You might not even have to shout. But if you can just make a baby step today and say, God, I want to move in your direction. I want to move in what you have for me. I'm willing to let go of my philosophy. Let go of my... And Joshua just had to move. And now you go to the verse where it talks about, she said to those people, verse 8, verse 9, she said, God's spirit, when you, where you, we're afraid of you. We're afraid of the people of the name. Who are they? Who's the people of the name? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. One God. There was no persons back then. There was no trinity back then. There was no deism back then. The children of Israel were one God. And everybody knew that they believed the one God that you couldn't find. You couldn't see him. You couldn't smell him. You couldn't taste him. But yet his work was evident. They think it was a magical formula. It wasn't a magical formula. It was the fact that they believed with all their heart. There's only one God. There ain't a multiplicity of persons. There's not three. There's not five. There's not seven. There's not ten. And what God's looking for in this last time hour is for the one God apostolic Pentecostals to come off the wall and be who you are. Don't don't be a, the enemy's more afraid of you than you are of the enemy. He's afraid of you. When your Holy Ghost filled the God that manifested himself in the flesh, the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in him bodily, you get the earnest gift of Christ dwelling in you. It ain't no more you. It's him in you. And when you step up to the plate and, the, and you're facing every obstacle, you're facing every traumatic feeling in your mind. Your emotions are running from one end to the other and everything's saying just stay neutral. There's a time you can't stay neutral. I'm either going to fall back into the city of Jericho or I'm going to fall into the hands of a merciful God. I don't know about you, but I'd rather fall into the hands of a merciful God. I'd rather fall into the hands of a when you can't see it Joshua moved on a promise that somebody else got can you move on somebody else's promise can I shout for the promise that was given to you brother way that your family is going to be saved can I leap for joy for you can you shout for joy for somebody else's promise? I'm asking. I tell you what, I'll leap for joy for your promise. Because if I leap for your promise, somebody's going to leap for my promise. If I, if I join in with you, Brother Sean, and believe the promises of God for your family, then I, I, I'm going to walk. walk according to the promises God gave Moses and God was now saying to Joshua I want to establish you Joshua and she said everybody's afraid they're faint next verse have we heard how the Lord dried up and here it is as he moves as the one God people move signs follow them that believe 
I'm coming against unbelief today in this place so strong that's saying, I believe God and they died. I believe God and the marriage fell apart. I believe God and I thought it was going to work out and it got worse before it got better. I'm here to declare to you what thus saith the Lord is. Signs follow them that believe. Whether God does it like you and I won't, I'm not God. He is. But I'm going to trust him anyhow and I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep praising. I'm going to keep worshiping. I'm going to keep praying for because I know if I keep moving signs are going to follow but the challenge is when them signs don't come quick enough some people I've seen it brother Sean I've seen people come to God get the Holy Ghost brother Zach they come to get the Holy Ghost they live for God for a year, two years. And here's what happens. There's something in their life that they've stayed on the wall about. Indecisive. They made some decisions. I want to do this. I want to give God this. But then there's other components that they're kind of just right here. And here's what happens. Situations come in the church, out of the church. At that crossroad moment, Sister Mark can tell. Basically offering the decision, do I, get off the, do I get off the wall or do I stay? And sad to say, some of them don't make the cut. I don't mean that callously. I don't mean that unkindly, Brother Bushnell. I say that with the utmost kindness. But they just don't make it. Because something in the city of Jericho has got too, hold, too strong of a hold on them. Something in the world, something that they're not willing to give up for God. Now, I, I'm no psychologist, but I promise you this. That little Rahab, she had some issues. Come on, it don't take a real po a, a professor, Ph.D., T.H.D., A.C.D. to figure out she had some issues. You don't just bounce around from house to house for money. If something, ain't, if something ain't clicking up here, something, something, something happened to you that make you feel like you got to give yourself away to get validity. But yet God. <laughs> he looks down at those that are mentally unstable, those that are physically unstable, those that are fighting hell with a water pistol and says, at least you're moving. I almost say it again. If you can barely even lift your hand, just lift your voice. Just do something to let heaven know you're moving because I'm telling you, he's looking across this congregation. He ain't looking for perfection. He ain't looking for you having all your ducks in a row. He's just looking for somebody to say, I'm not going back into Jericho. I'm getting off the wall and I'm going to follow the people of God because they are the ones with the miracles and the signs. I doubt she had a theology class. Watch, watch this. This just, this just kind of baffled me, Brother Daryl. She wasn't motivated by, she was motivated by fear. Fear. Fear of those people destroying her family. Whatever happened to the fear, Brother Mike? And I say it like this. I know some people say, well, man, fear is, what's that acronym? Faith and opposite evidence, not real, whatever. But I, you need to calculate David. Because David said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me of my fear. And we want to pump it all up. So you got to be full of faith. But I'm telling you, I've come with faith and fear. And you say, well, you can't live in both houses. No, I'm human. you got a soul and a spirit. Spirit's propagating faith. The will in me saying, no, I'm scared. David said, I sought the Lord. He heard me and he delivered me of my fear. There was a reservation. Go to Mark 9. The father with the boy threw him. He boy threw him in the fire. He said, do you believe? He said, I believe, but help mine unbelief. That soulless arena, the will of man, the emotional side of man, it struggles. 
Now, here's the antidote. I can't let it be the, the, the superior voice in my life. I've got to somehow let the gift of faith, the faith of God, the faith of that, the measure that he gave me, and somehow i got to shut down my mouth, shut down my will, shut down my emotion, and say, not today. Faith is going to rise to the surface, and I'm not going to be moved by fear. I'm going to be moved by faith. Faith says this. He'll never put more on me than I can bear, but with every temptation, he'll make a way of escape she's afraid but then she had enough in her to say here's faith next verse all the works that's verse 11 and then she verse 10 and then she says as soon as we heard these things our hearts melted folks I don't know about you but I'm hungering for a place in him that everything just kind of dissipates and my heart just melts in his presence. The walls of insecurity, inferiority, fear, doubt, unbelief, hopelessness, I just hit 100% of this congregation. Me included. I want to get in his presence so much, Brother Sean, that my heart just melts See, we're people of the name. You got the name. You went down in a watery grave in the name of Jesus. You took on his name, a covenant. That makes you different than everybody else on the planet. You're not just a Christian. You're in covenant with God, Elohim, Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Tiskanu, Jehovah Nisi. Oh, you're in covenant with Jehovah. And you took on a name that's above every name that every knee will bow. We sang about it today. The world is going to say it. They're going to say it. They're going to declare. They may call us crazy today, brother. But you hear me. There's a day coming. They're going to say it out of their own mouth. That, that, that Christ that those Pentecostals serve, that covenant by being baptized in Jesus' name, they weren't as crazy as we thought they were. They had a power that walked with them. And that same power walks with the natural Jews. You and I are the spiritual Jews. Don't you ever think one minute that God's going to turn the blinded eye to you and I. But his eyes are on the prize. His eyes are on the bride. His eyes are on you and I because we've taken on the name. There's nothing that can come against you, that can defeat you, unless you let it. We let it, Brother Charlie. Brother Ed. We let it get in our thinking. And this little pagan harlot says, we heard, we melted, there did not remain, what's it say? Any man. It took the man out of the man. You hear me. There's coming a day that we're going to have an encounter with God. That all this rough, tough, I'm going to say it as nice as I can. Rough, tough. Bless God, nobody ever hurt me again. There's coming a day that that wall's going to fall. And that heart's going to melt. And it's going to take the man out of the man. And it's going to make you and I as men, it's going to take women as women. And it's going to cause us to realize there is nothing that matters more in this earth than that I please God. That's all that matters. It's not how much money I got in the bank, but it's a matter of that when eternity comes, am I ready to meet Jesus? Is my kids ready to meet the Lord? This kind of preaching is what caused the early church to go into hiding. It's what caused persecution to come. Because the world don't want to hear this kind of preaching. It wants to hear preaching like everything's okay and you're fine just like you are. Just love Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Well, the devil believes in Jesus. So that means he's with you. That don't work that way. 
There's a wall situation in the hearts of every believer, me included. And I choose, Sister Peggy, whether I go into Jericho and just kind of come under that king and say, you know what, life has been like this all my life. I'm just going to stay this way. Or when opportunity comes knocking at the door and there comes a word or an opportunity for you and I to move into something better in God's kingdom. I want to do everything in my power, Brother Butch, to reach for what God has. I'm not going to let my past, I'm not going to let my hurt, I'm not going to let what somebody did to me or somebody. I'm not going to let it stop me but I'm going to reach forward and press for the mark of the prize of the high calling I'm going to reach and I'm going to run this race that at the end he would say well done thou good and faithful servant enter into this little harlot because of you for the Lord your God We just had conversion moment. See, God looks down at the most unqualified, messed up situations that he can find. And he says, watch, I'm going to show you how my glory works. I'm going to find somebody that the world gave up on, society gave up on, family gave up on, counselor gave up on, doctor gave up on, preacher gave up on, saints gave up on. And he found a woman by the name of Rahab, means why. But you see, when it comes to living for God, wide is to destruction, but narrow is to those that are going to walk with God. And there she's on the wall with a revelation. This is before she agreed. Come on, let it sink in. Look at the chronological order here. She ain't done nothing yet other than testify. God is God of you. Because you couldn't be doing all what you're doing, the parting of the Red Sea and the Amorites. You couldn't have destroyed all these people and caused terror in the men of Jericho that they are literally running. You can't do all of that. And there not be the God. I might not understand him. I might not understand how he works. I might not understand theology and, and eschat. I might not understand all of this stuff. But there's one thing I do know. There's something about you that's real. I'm preaching to some one God apostolics today. They know there's something about you real. Or they wouldn't keep coming to church. There's something about the one God people that's been baptized in Jesus' name. It causes hell to tremble. And it causes a community to realize there's something different about those folks something different and she said these you know the people the Lord your God he is God in heaven and in the earth and here this lady is on the wall verse 15 and there she sits on the wall See, some of these walls, they say, you could drive six chariot, two horse teams. Babylon was that. The wall of Babylon, if I'm not mistaken, were 12 horses wide. We're not talking about a wall the size of the back of this pew. We're not talking about a little cedar fence we put up in our backyard. We're talking about a wall of mass proportion. She lived on a bulwark on the side of that wall. And there she sits and watch. I'm almost coming to a close. Almost. She sits. There's something about them people and they're coming. And two spies show up. And she recognizes all of this. And now she's sitting at a wall saying, looking at whatever family she may have had, whatever hopes of getting out of the lifestyle she was in. She's saying, surely what I have is better than this. And let me tell somebody here today. God will get you at a place where sickness visits your home. Calamity visits your home. Kids are going crazy. You let an illegitimate pregnancy show up on some of your teenagers. It's going to rock your world. I don't care what you say. When daddy's little girl comes home 15 and she's pregnant. But yet we won't do nothing to stop it. Or we let our boy at 15 years old vaping and, and pumping drugs into his veins. 
But we keep them in the same crowd. We keep them in the same group. We keep them doing the same thing. Keep them in the same environment. What's she going to do when he's in rehab at 18? See, if you're waiting to do it when they get to 18, it's too late. Young couples, hear me. It's too late. You wait till he's... 15, 16 years old, you done missed it. Best thing you could ever do is put him on the front of that pew, teach him how to worship, teach him how to love God, teach him how to read the word of God. There ain't nothing else in this matters, not your job. You say, oh, Brother Benmore, if you say that, you're worried about the tithing. I don't care about the tithing. If you don't give tithing, you're cursed, not me. I'm going to be fine. God will bring somebody out of nowhere to take care of me. Brother Bush, now, is this okay? I'm just trying to be honest. Because everybody thinks we're all about money. It ain't all about money. It's about you living for God and teaching them kids how to live for God. Teaching them kids how to be raising. Teaching them how to stay on the front row. What you're doing on this front row, trying to teach them how to sit. You, God, commit, I commend you, Brother Steve. You're doing everything in your power to teach them. Why? Because we're trying to prevent a 15, 16-year-old down the road saying, Brother Benoit, I don't know what to do. We can look back and say, Brother Steve, you did everything you could. We worship, we pray, and if that be it, then so be. But I'm going to believe wherever the seed is sown, we're going to have a harvest of these babies that are on this front row. And she sat on the wall. Do I hear me, somebody? Commitment has a cost, but great benefits. Write that down. That's good. I wrote that down on a piece of paper. I don't know where I got it, where I heard it. Did the Lord tell me? I don't remember. But whatever it was, it has stuck in my brain. Commitment has a cost, but it's got great benefits. This is why people don't commit to raising their kids in church because it costs. They don't want to hear little Bobby and Johnny come up and say, Mama, why can't we go do this? Why don't we go do that? Why don't we do like everybody else? It costs you something. But let me tell you, it will have a great benefit because if you can teach little Johnny, hey, let me tell you why we don't go to the disco. Let me teach you why we try to listen to godly music and we try to do godly things. I'm preaching a one God apostolics today. Keep your faith. Don't you lose sight of it now. Don't look at the empty pews today and say, well, they're not going to come. You hear me. God is going to lift and bring people to his kingdom because the kingdom is perpetuated. It never stops. It don't ever stop. And I don't want nothing to happen to you, Brother Sean. But if you empty that seat today, it will be filled we think we're doing God a favor by coming to church. We're not doing God a favor. We're coming to church because we serve him. I want to please him. I want to hear something in the word of God that I never heard before. Rahab was one. We speak of symbolic here. I'm not telling you you're literally living on a wall and you're in Jericho. But symbolically, I live on a wall. Every day I'm facing decisions that I've got to make. And we want to believe that we can just be neutral. There is no neutrality in this fight. There is no neutrality in this war. You and I are going to have to pick a side. Either I'm on the Lord's side or I'm on Jericho's side. I don't know about you, but I want to be on the Lord's side because wherever the Lord is there's blessing there's favor there's help there's strength there's healing on the Lord's side and she her house was on the wall she lived in a place of indecision sister Lisa just asked that y'all come she lived in a place of indecision. On the wall, never deciding, this is what I've got to do. Now, I know typically this message, and it kind of has a little flavor, reaching for a sinner backslider. But you know what? Today, my heart intent, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but really I'm not reaching for you. Let the Lord reach for you. I'm reaching for saints of God. That you're in the middle of a fight and a battle. And you're faced with decisions that you don't know what to do. I'm here to tell you that if you make a decision according to the word of God, God will always back you up. He'll never let you down. And the reason I brought Rahab into this is because I don't want you measuring how no good you are. Brother Fontenot was on it already this morning. 
We measure how no good we are, how many mistakes we made. My marriage is not good. My family is not good. My kids are not good, and I'm not living right. I'm telling somebody here today, stay committed to the things of God because God is going to reach for you when things seem like they're never going to change. You hear me? God's going to move on hearts when hearts can't be moved. God's going to touch minds when minds seemingly won't be moved. I say again, don't look at an empty pew today and say, well, if this is any sign of what's coming, I'm telling you today, God is going to feel his building just like he promised. And he's looking for a people that'll say, God, I'm committed to this no matter what. I'm going to stay with you no matter what. I'm going to live for you no matter what the world does. dwelt on the wall she couldn't make the decision but then she made it next verse quickly here we go and she said get get to the mountain pursuers go next verse go your way and the men said to her blameless is thine oath you swear next verse behold when we come to the land thou shalt tie this line of scarlet through the window they told her here's what we're going to do when we come back to take the city we're going to destroy everything in the city Matter of fact, if you go back in scripture on time to qualify, Jericho was tithing. That's why Achan got in trouble. Jericho was the first city. That was God's city. And Achan went into it, took a Babylonian garment out of Jericho. He took something from the world that was the Lord's. And God says, because you took something that was mine. You finish, Achan. Jericho was a special city to God with a special lady in it to God. Oh God, that prostitute. Ah. This one little lady was given instructions. Let the scarlet thread drop. Because when we come, we're destroying everything in this city. Watch. See, people think that God's not mean. Let me tell you what, God can judge. He killed the women, Brother Mark. He killed the babies. They killed them all. That's Old Testament. But don't think there's a side of God that ain't judgment either. Like God's love and God's reach for everybody. We're in grace now and I'm going to preach it till the day long. But don't forget, there's a side there that God, you wake that side up. I promise you, it'll put something on you that man can't, nothing can come on. The key was the scarlet thread. The word scarlet comes from the word crimson. It's where we get the word red. Let me give it to you symbolically. Wherever the red scarlet was for her house, it was saved. She was saved. The blood was speaking metaphorically. Let's go to the New Testament. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Remission without the shedding of blood. Where was the remission of sins taken away? On the day of Pentecost, Peter preached, Repent and be baptized every one of you. For the remission of your, in the name of you, for the remission of your sins. So we now can equate the shedding of blood, remission, Christ's blood is what makes it remit. The question is, is the blood applied to me in your life? This should cause some of us to shout. Is the blood applied to your life? You're just like her. This is how you know you've made a decision. You drop the scarlet thread, the blood, the symbolic, the symbolism. And when they saw the blood, by. When they saw the scarlet, they passed by. When the enemy in the end comes against you and me and your families, has the blood been applied to our home? Repent be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Sins are remitted only in one place when you and I are baptized in Jesus' name. There's no blood applied to your life and my life no matter how much you say Jesus, 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 Jesus. There's no blood there. The blood is only applied to your life when you and I identify with the death and the burial. I repent. I go down in a watery grave in Jesus' name. The blood is then applied. That when the tormentor comes to take away, I want him to see a crimson thread running from my housetop. I may live on the wall for a season, but you hear me. I want the blood to be seen on my house, on my family. I want it to wash my family, redeem me. I want my kids saved. I want my family saved. Come on, you can't have commitment. Stand with me. That's what marriage is. That's why people don't get married. They're afraid of commitment. 
you can't have the benefits of covenant marriage unless you get married you can't have the benefit of being the bride of Christ if I don't even come in covenant with him so if I want the benefits of healing all I gotta do is come in covenant with him if I want the benefits of peace in my mind and to know that I'm doing the best for my kid, then I got to come in covenant with him. Is there anybody today that wants to come off the wall and say, Brother Benoit, I'm facing some decisions today. Maybe not salvational. Maybe it's just situations in my marriage, my home, my family, trying to raise my kids. Let's come off the wall today and put it in the hands of the Lord. Come on, come with me. Come with me. Come with me. Come with me today. Come on, feel across this front. Come on and lift your hands when you come. Come on, if it's your desire, you don't have to do it because I'm asking you to. Matter of fact, you can leave. You can be dismissed. Yeah, there's no pressure here. I just want you to respond out of what you feel in your heart today. What do you want God to do in your decisions and situations that you're facing? Come on, she was in a hard place. She was giving up all of her finances. She gave up her money. Even though it was wrong, that was her means to living. She gave up her money. She gave up her She gave it all up. Listen to me. Get ready. Get ready. Start, matter of fact, start singing. Listen, here it is. I'm going to say it slowly. She gave up her money. She gave up everything. Some even say that she married Joshua. The ancient writers and Jews, Brother Bushnell, say that she married Joshua. Joshua 6 and 25 says because she acted like she did, her household, family was saved. What are we willing to give up to get off the wall that our families, we want our families fixed, but we don't want it to cost us nothing, Sister Christine. That's a false doctrine. That's loose in Christianity today. You can live how you want. It's a lie. And people are going to be lost going to hell believing that stuff because it puts money in a church. We can pack this place out with thousands of people if I just quit preaching like this. Come on, elders. All I have to do is just say, Jesus loves you. God loves you like you are. You're a devil, but you know what? God's still going to do. And he does love you, but you can keep being devilish. You can't do that. And that's why preachers all over this planet are fighting with every fiber in their body to reach. That's why it's called a pull pit. I'm pulling people out of the pit of despondency. I'm pulling people out of the pit of, of a feeling that God's forsaken you. I'm pulling people out of a pit that God don't care about how you feel and your emotions. You hear me? God knows right where you are. God knows right what you're going through. And if you and I can reach up and say, God, with a fresh commitment, I'm going to stick with you today no matter what. Don't let the prayers of your mom and daddy go down in vain. Lift your hands one more time. Don't let the prayers of your mama, your daddy, your grandma, your grandpa. Come on, young person. Come on, young couple. Come on, elder. Your prayers matter. This thing's got to perpetuate. and fear and hopelessness you're worried about that daughter you're worried about that son God gave you and I an answer today I feel conviction in this place so strong but you gotta come off the wall don't stay in Jericho don't stay in Jericho it's gonna destroy your family it's gonna destroy your marriage it's gonna destroy your home let go of the hurt whether it was a preacher or a saint Congregation right now. By the authority of the name of Jesus. I speak healing to the mind, healing to the emotion. We 
to do this because we run through an altar service and we run through it with emotion and song even though we got beef roast cooking and food cooking and all that but there ain't nothing more important right now than somebody getting what they need from God nothing else matters nothing matters and I feel such a pull in this service today for so many people that I know not by knowledge but what the spirit has revealed to me I know what you're facing with some of your kids and some of you are on the line and you don't know what in the world you're going to do I'm telling you God gave us an answer and here's what listen hold on here's what he's looking for to come out of your mouth God I'm going to take the step he's not asking you to know what to do you don't walk you walk by faith not by sight what are you saying then well here's what I'm saying if you take the step you don't know what you're going to step into but take the step because it's the thing that shows heaven I'm with you and the hand of God will begin to come I can show you angels that will go before you angels that will come behind you but regardless you got to move in that direction and when you take the step by faith the hand of God is how I see it I see his hand literally metaphorically I know for some that's tough metaphorically his hand's doing this and it's wanting to move right now over some marriages you just do and just rip the problem out he's wanting to come over here in this and pull that demonic spirit away he wants to reach over here where there's a strain and depression and fear and pull it out of your mind and spirit that's the miraculous working power of God the people of the name more time lift your voice if that's what you need don't do it because I'm asking you to matter of fact you're dismissed but if you need God close your eyes tilt your head back open your mouth and say God I need something now Thanksgiving was chaotic Thanksgiving was a disaster my kids my family the stress I can't take it no more God I'm telling you with the word but you gotta take a step and say I commit it come on just a little bit longer just close your eyes right now just close your eyes right now I don't need nobody praying for nobody just close your eyes and pray in the Holy Ghost right now ministers are the only ones I want praying for people come on pray right now pray right now open your mouth pray right now in the Holy Ghost Pray right now the Holy Ghost. Come on, the hand of God want to be released. Take the step. Commit. Commit. Come on, man of God, commit. Come on, husband, commit. Come on, man, woman, commit. And God will commit to you. doctor can't do, a psychologist can't do. wants to hold a job so in order to not hold a job they escape alcohol whatever anything pleasurable to escape reality and what it's birthed is is a non-committal we got in the church non-committal people come but they don't commit what you're fighting in this service today as people of the name. And if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, we got water, we'll baptize you, you can be a part of that. But right now I'm speaking of covenant people. What you're fighting in this altar, in this service today, and this feeling that keeps hitting your head, it's the spirit of Jericho that's telling you, don't commit. And I'm telling you this much, it's a demonic spirit that's after some of your families. And all it would take would be one assertive, effectual, move from your belly that says I put my foot down I'm not backing up I'm going to put my family in church I'm going to raise them in the house of God I don't care what my mama does my wife does my husband does my family I'm going to live 
that individual. So y'all better take this to war. I find that spirit of uncommittal that's coming against our church and our families. I need prayer warriors this week that'll bind with me and pray. Raise your hand if you're with me. And pray with me. I want you specifically to take those scriptures out. We're going to have prayer next Monday night. And I want you to take them scriptures this week and begin to I find that spirit of uncommittal that's got a hold of people's mind that makes them fluid and vacillate between what's true or what's right. Enough's enough. We've got families at stake, kids at stake, homes at stake for us to lose anymore. You believe that with me? I'm on a mission this morning. I'm sorry I'm not being very pastoral. I'm reaching for somebody's family today. One more time, lift your hands. Thank God for his word today. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. I thank you for the anointing of God that's in this place today to break every yoke, chain, and fetter that's ready to penetrate the heart and bring family members home. God, even in this community today, I bind the spirit of uncommittal. I call forth every backslider from the north, south, east, and the west. God, there's Rahabs out there. I'm asking you to bring them back home, deliver them, save them, and refill them with the Holy Ghost. I ask you in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say in Jesus' name.